I've been writing songs since I was 10 or 11, whether just for fun and goofing around or for bands that I was playing in. And over the last five years, I've released over 40 songs under my own artist name, Royish Good Looks. And maybe you've heard some of them. Every song comes together a little bit different. Some of them are quick and easy, and they almost write themselves, while others are slow and painful and seem impossible to finish. Some of them go on to be smash hits, others not so much. And of course, some of them may never be released at all. But whether or not the song turns out to be great, there's a similar path they all follow. So in this episode, I'd love to tell you a little bit about how I write a song. Before we dive into the episode, I have to give a huge shout out to the amazingly talented artist that made the artwork and the graphic for the show, Chaotic Enir on Instagram and YouTube. That's Chaotic E-N-I-I-R. I just love how the artwork came out. It's perfect. I wish my hair looked that cool in real life. So show her some love, give her a like and a follow. Links are in the description of this episode. And I've even included a link to a cosplay that she has done of Obi-Wan set to my Pokemon Padawan parody, which is just incredible. So thank you again, Chaotic Enir, and let's get on with the show. Remember the line in Rise of Skywalker where they're getting ready for the final battle and Poe says, we are the spark that will light the fire that will burn the First Order down. It's kind of a cheesy scene, but I love this idea of the spark and what the spark can ignite and become over time. When you're writing a song, you sort of have to have this lightning strike moment to put the whole thing into motion. It's got to start somewhere. Sometimes that literally is a lightning strike when you're taking a walk or doing the dishes or you're doing something that's not actually trying to write a song that something comes to you and you say, hey, that's a great idea for a song. I should stop what I'm doing and go write that song. Other times you might have a specific theme or a lyric in mind, and you're sort of starting from scratch. Obviously, if you want to write a song about Star Wars, you pick your favorite character, or your favorite space battle, or becoming a Jedi, or you pick a famous scene or a famous line, and it's usually pretty easy to jump off from there. Other times, maybe it's like a challenge to see if you can make a song out of XYZ thing that would not normally be a song. Things like the remixes that I've done, you know, especially that it wasn't a song to begin with. It was just a piece of dialogue, but I'm going to try and give it melody and make it sing and put a beat behind it and see if I can turn that non-musical thing into a hit. Or if you want to try and write a parody, it's kind of a totally different process to fit lyrics on top of an already written song and try to make that work. It's much more like a puzzle in that case. Or another really good example is my song, Mind Tricks Don't Work On Me. Which is obviously inspired by Star Wars, but 
if you listen to the lyrics of that song, they're kind of ambiguous enough that it might not be about Star Wars, even though it obviously is, but it doesn't say Jedi or the Force or anything super specific to Star Wars. And that was literally a challenge I gave myself to see if you could write a song that was about Star Wars, but if somebody just heard it on the radio by accident, maybe they wouldn't know. And they'd assume it was just a song about someone trying to pull a fast one on someone else. I remember trying to relate it to someone trying to pick someone up at a bar and leading them on sort of thing, kind of like what Qui-Gon does with Watto. And obviously, if you said Qui-Gon and Watto in the song, you know, that's going to be a dead giveaway that it was Star Wars. So there's a lot of different ways you can attack just simply saying, I'm going to write a song. What's going to be my spark for the song? Is it just a happy accident that came to me in the shower? Or am I going into it with kind of a mission brief? Am I trying to parody somebody else? Or, you know, am I kind of putting together some sort of puzzle and being a mad scientist about it. And I've tried all these different methods. So it's not really that one's better than the other. It's just a different way of making a song. Now, the easy part is coming up with that idea. Everyone always says, you should make a song about this or a song about that. And of course, I keep a list of songs that I'd like to write one day or songs that people have suggested. But it's a lot more than just coming up with that topic. You need some sort of X factor to really get the ball rolling. Like I said, that spark, you know, what's really going to kick off the project. It's not simply saying, hey, write a song about Boba Fett. And of course we could do that, but that's not really how the spark works, in my opinion. That's not how the force works, right? For me, it's at least having one or two lines of a chorus or a verse in a fully musical form. The melody of the vocal is really the key for me. So if you can pair a really great melody with a couple of lyrics or a couple of lines, then you have something that you can actually work with. So say, for example, it's a trap. It's a goofy idea for a song. It's just one line of dialogue, but it's a great idea because everybody loves that scene. And that would probably be a hit song, right? Guess what? It got a million views. So definitely a great idea. But what is the song with just that line, right? I mean, think about it. If you were going to write that song, that's a title. But what is it actually going to be about? It's a track. It's a track. It's too late to go back. Oh, no. And even if you listen to the darn song, I repeat the words, it's a trap, a bunch, which of course is kind of a cliche, but that's a tool you can use in writing a song, and I do it a bunch. But it's not really enough for the song to stand on its own. What really made that song work is having the B part of the chorus. And that was one of the first parts that I wrote for the song. I had the melody in the lyrics. And now you're cooking. You have something to riff off of. And it's still maybe not the whole chorus, but you at least have four bars. You know, there's the line in the song that people are going to remember. And now that you have this melody, you can pair it with chords. And this is what makes the melody 
even sweeter, in my opinion, the chords and the melody kind of have to fit together. Now, I'm not super jazzy. I'm not the most innovative composer. I use pretty cliche and basic chord progressions, but the chords that you choose are kind of the next most important thing after the melody. And you might even find new melodies when you switch one or two chords up. They might inspire other ideas and they might just change the whole vibe of the song overall, especially if you're you know, starting on a minor chord or a major chord. I won't bore you with the details of that, but even just having that one line, that one melody, you can start to get different emotions out of it when you switch the chords up. So if you're going to continue on with your song, everything else is going to be influenced by that melody and that chord progression. And even the kind of groove and feel that you're playing those chords along with the melody. So even though we haven't written the whole song, even if you just have this one or two lines, you're creating a vibe that's going to snowball into the rest of the song. And sometimes this sort of reveals itself as you write the song. You start to play the groove a little bit differently. You have a different rhythm or you decide whether or not it's going to be a rock song or a punk song or a pop song. And those are all going to have kind of different, you know, rhythmic structures or beats behind them. Sometimes the subject matter of the song can kind of dictate what that groove and feel should be. Like Baby Yoda could be a rock song or a heavy metal song, but it's probably better off as a sort of nursery rhyme, acoustic ditty, and, you know, very friendly, not quite in your face with breakdowns and distortion. Whereas a song like He's Too Dangerous to Be Left Alive makes sense to be kind of a hard rock song. If that was on the ukulele, that would be really interesting, but it really wouldn't suit the vibe of that line. He's too dangerous to be left alive. He's too powerful in the dark side. He's too dangerous, too dangerous to be left alive. It just doesn't work quite as well. Or maybe it does, and of course you didn't know until you tried it out. So now you have this sort of chorus or verse with your chords and your melody, and you sort of know what the song's going to be, but of course you need a few more parts now. So the next step is roughing and outlining the entire song from start to finish. It's kind of like writing a script for a movie or, you know, a story of some sort, you're going to have a beginning, middle, and end. So just like with our chord progressions, you know, we can figure out what's going to be the structure of the song. Is it going to be verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro, which is probably 99% of my songs with some minor kind of variations on that. And it doesn't really matter if the first part we came up with is the chorus, or if it was a verse, either way, we need to figure out the next part. So what I like to do is just play it over and over again on loop and then sort of freestyle to find another melody or maybe even other chords that can kind of complement the part we already have. This is sort of that spark phase all over again. You know, you're almost writing a brand new song, really. Hopefully that chorus part 
came together really easily. And maybe the verse will come naturally after that. But this is that same idea of like, write a song about Boba Fett. I might have had the spark for the chorus, but what's the spark for the verse now? So it's trial and error. I'm going to play the chorus over and over and then try to do a Eminem freestyle verse and see what comes out. I don't usually sit down and write lyrics and then try to fit them into music. Sometimes that could work if you're just simply telling a story and here's a poem, but I don't really write poetry per se. So it is normally paired together with I'm playing guitar or I'm playing piano and I'm singing over top and sort of mumbling along, randomly sounding out words. And then I'll sort of mold that back into a real lyric. It could probably go faster if I did just write lyrics and then try to put a melody to it. But I find that if you are doing this sort of freestyle routine, that the final line will probably sing better and sound more natural. And, you know, that's kind of what I'm all about. It's like the words don't really matter. It should be musical regardless of whatever the words are. And obviously, I'll try to draw directly from the movie scene since I'll eventually have to pair the song with a video. So I do love using dialogue directly from the films as lyrics, but sometimes you still have to change it to get that kind of singable sound from it. And you're also trying to tell this story in a kind of fast-paced motion, so a whole monologue doesn't perfectly translate. So you kind of have to break down the scene and retell the story in your own way and sneak in some lines from the movie, that usually leads to the sweetest stanza of lyrics. And if you can do that while also humming a melody along and playing the chords, then you can get everything to tie together really well. So verse one usually comes out okay. You're going through this process of like, what's the next part going to be? And you already have the chorus and you know the chorus is good. So naturally you have to have verse two. Sometimes I use the same exact melody and kind of rhythmic structure of the vocals for verse two. Sometimes it's a little bit different. And oftentimes I find that verse two is usually better and cooler because I've sort of got into the vibe and I can have more fun with it. And a lot of times I'll scrap my first verse and I'll replace it with this brand new verse two. And then I got to come up with a, a third verse or kind of refine verse one. You can see how it could get a little bit out of hand, but you know, if you've ever written a story yourself or you know, a book report or a speech, whatever, it takes time to figure out exactly what you want to say and then add melody and rhythm on top of that. And that's one of the reasons why it takes so long sometimes. Then you have the bridge, which is kind of like a third verse. So if you have some other throwaway lines that didn't fit into the verse or the chorus or you know, you tried them out, but you came up with something better. Sometimes you can bring those back for a bridge. Either way, somehow you have to continue the story and also tie everything back together. So I usually keep the bridges pretty short, just enough to kind of build a little bit more excitement between the last two choruses. Usually just one or two lines because the bridges are really hard that you have to keep the listener engaged to hopefully listen to the whole song. but you've already exhausted your creative juice on a really great chorus, one or two verses. And now, are you really going to be able to have a third part of the song that's just as good as those other parts? 
that can be kind of tricky. And it's a lot easier to just sneak in an alternate line or try to rephrase something that's already been talked about in the song, kind of reiterate the theme. Not to minimize bridges, but you know, you can see why it's hard to come up with that third part of the song. I'd say one of my favorite bridges is probably from Dark Side, Light Side. Give in to your anger. Let the hate flow through or let go of what you fear to lose. And may the force be with you. Give in to your anger. Let the hate flow through. Like, that bridge was so good that I did it twice, and it's epic, broken down, the drums come in. That song in general is a really good example of kind of structuring out a whole song. It's got an intro, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, post-chorus, and even though it's actually the same chord progression the whole time, it has unique melodies and unique kind of bells and whistles for all those parts. The evolution of that song from start to finish is as epic as like a movie would be, which, like I said earlier, that's kind of the goal. You obviously want to see how the movie ends. Hopefully you want to hear how the song ends, but it all comes down to the different kind of parts that you've written and if they are interesting enough. So sometimes that means it needs to be kind of complex and draw you in and other times it just needs to be simple and straight to the point. But you have to go through this process of writing enough interesting parts and also tie them in satisfyingly together. It's great to say at the end of the movie, we're going to blow up the Death Star. But, you know, how did you get there? So at this point, we have a full song that you could sit down and play on guitar or piano. And I guess you could say that the songwriting part is over. And now it's more of a focus on arranging the instruments and the drums and how the song is truly going to progress from the beginning to the end, rather than just kind of sitting down on guitar and playing it, you know, what is the entire orchestration of the song? It kind of determines the final presentation of everything. Of course, if it's going to just be an acoustic song, then you're probably already done with it. But usually my songs have a little bit more going on than just one acoustic guitar. So there's a lot of stuff to figure out. If it's going to be a punk song, those tend to be my favorite because they're not very complicated to arrange. It's just going to be drums, bass, and guitar, pretty straightforward. But if it's going to be a pop song, then you know it might start with one instrument, but it's going to slowly develop over time, add more and more instruments, realize you added too many and take some out. There's all this discovery and experimentation to figure out how to make the song pop. That core song is still there, but you're trying to see all the different ways that you can dress it up. It's definitely a rabbit hole that you can fall down, but the arranging of the song can really make or break it. It's not uncommon for me to make a bunch of different versions while I'm trying to figure out what the right one is. And sometimes I'm doing this while I'm writing the song so everything can kind of fall into place together. So it's not always like pulling teeth to figure out the arrangement. Sometimes you're just kind of revising whatever you came up with as you were writing the song. One thing that can really help is if you know you're making a ballad or an up-tempo song, whatever the vibe is, just simply listen to another ballad or another up-tempo song. 
you don't necessarily have to copy them, but you can use it as inspiration. And I don't always do this, but when I do, it definitely keeps me on track and keeps me from falling down those rabbit holes. All right, so that's my process. And remember, this is just the demo. This is not the actual recording that I'm going to release. The official re-recording, the editing, the mixing, and making the video, that's all a different story for a different episode of this podcast. Finishing a song is just slow, and it feels like it gets slower and slower every song that I make. I probably over-arrange things and work harder than I really need to, but the expectations are high, so I try to keep the quality standard high, and I'm also trying to get better at what I do and try new things. Some of my first Star Wars songs I was calling Ode 2, and I did an Ode 2 Millennium Falcon in an ode to BB-8, and they were intended to be these like short songs that I could write and record in a day and put them out really quickly. And of course, I got comments saying, oh, you're not trying, you're just pushing these videos out. And I love those songs, but the pressure is real. Everybody wants something from an artist, and I certainly have expectations from my favorite artists or TV shows or movies, but I promise that I try really hard and I also try to have fun with it. So that's why I don't release a lot of songs. I want to enjoy the process. I also want to believe in the songs that I'm putting out. I don't want to fast track things and not do a great job or just chase after memes and views. So it takes a while. Most people get it though. And I always appreciate when I get comments that say, oh, this was so worth the wait, even if it took me a month or two or three in between songs. And that's kind of why I started this podcast, so I can sort of fill in those gaps. So hopefully you understand why it takes so long now, and hopefully you enjoy the podcast too. And if you do, and you'd like to show your support, join my Patreon page, patreon.com slash royishgoodlooks. And you'll, of course, get a lot of cool perks in return for your patronage. At the bonus tracks tier, you'll literally get bonus tracks from me every month that nobody else has heard. This month's bonus track is Dark Side, Light Side, the acoustic version. So sign up now so you don't miss out. At the art review tier, I'll check out your music or your YouTube channel or whatever you make and give you my thoughts. If you're a singer-songwriter that needs a second pair of ears, that tier is perfect for you. You can also get your name in the credits of new podcast episodes and new YouTube videos at the producer tier. And all patrons get to ask questions that I'll answer every month here on the show and over on Patreon. And they also get every official song release as they come out. No matter what tier you sign up for, you'll be supporting the show, and I truly appreciate it. Aside from Patreon, follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Royish Good Looks. You can also join our private Facebook group called Royish Good Looks. And if you subscribe to the podcast and leave a review wherever you're tuning in from, that'll help the show grow. Either way, thank you for listening, and I'll talk to you in the next episode. Take care. Take care.